Good morning, and peace be with you. And to the ladies, I say, Happy Mother's Day. I'm going to direct you to the bulletin uh, for uh, announcements in there. I'm going to highlight uh, the mark your calendars, the second item there. Um, on Tuesday, May the 17th at 11.30 a.m., Commander Gump from the Westminster PD K-9 unit will be here to visit with us. And I want to thank you, Lee, for handling that and uh, organizing it and finding uh, uh, the, an entity within the Westminster PD that we can come alongside and help uh, them in their mission um, to serve this community, not only us here at Westminster, but uh, at Reformation Lutheran Church in Westminster, but the greater city of Westminster. So I'm really grateful to you all who have contributed so generously to the, um, to the gift that we're giving them. And um, if it's okay with you, I'd like for us to do it again, um, you know, sometime in the next year, just to continue to support those that selflessly serve us in a very dangerous environment, okay? Um, sit and be fit is always well attended, and we'd love to have you come. If you've ever uh, considered it but not come, please come. And um, if we get um, anyone new that's never been there this week, I will sit with you and get fit with you. How about that? There's a challenge, all right? So it might be worth it just to show up, but um, I hear we're going to be working out our fingers. So, you know, I can, you know, no, seriously, if you've never been and you decide to come on Tuesday, um, I'll go in there and I'll join you. And then uh, always our Bible studies, uh, you're more than uh, welcome and more than invited. Please come. Um, there's a variety of times and days to do it. On Tuesdays, we have right here in the social hall. Uh, we're finishing up Luke, and on Tuesday nights, we have a Zoom uh, Bible study that we go over the um, portals of prayer, and that is at 7 o'clock on Zoom. If you'd like to participate in that, um, let Ashley know via email or stop by, and we'll get you uh, on that as well. And then our men's group meets Saturday mornings at 8 o'clock in the morning, and they are the genesis for a lot of what actually comes out of uh, the pulpit for me and some of the topics. In fact, today it'll happen too, just based on questions. Has anyone ever been afraid to ask a question in a Bible study because they were afraid that it was a, not a good question? Okay, yeah. And those are always the same questions that everybody else is wondering, but they're too afraid to ask. And, you know, we have Thomas, and they said doubting Thomas, but he was more skeptical, Thomas. And all the other guys were just really glad that, they, that, that Thomas asked, because they didn't know. And the same thing happens in our groups, and I'm grateful for it. And so today, one of the questions is, is the origin of the Bible and the Scripture and how we got it and, and so forth. So stay tuned on that. And last, I want to pray for our mothers. It's a, a day that can be bittersweet for many different reasons. Um, for all of us. Um, but I want to offer up a prayer. Uh, it's a short one. Won't you pray with me? Lord Jesus, thank you 
for the mother who gave me life. Help me to know your steadfast love, which is greater than any human love. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Let's get started. Passing moment, strength I find to meet my trials here. Trusting in the Father's wise bestowment, I have no cause for worry or for fear. He who sought his kind beyond all measure. Unto each day what he deems best Lovingly it's part of pain and pleasure Mingling to with peace and rest stand if you're able. We come together this morning 
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, and all desires are known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us confess our sins to God our Father, most merciful God. We confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways. To the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you, and for his sake, he forgives you all of your sins. And as your called and ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Ghost be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia. Worthy is Christ, the Lamb who was slain. 
whose blood set us free to be people of God. Power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and blessing and glory are His. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia. Sing with all the people of God and join in the hymn of all creation. Blessing and honor and glory and might be to God and the Lamb forever. Amen. This is the feast of victory for our God, for the Lamb who was slain has begun His reign. Alleluia, Alleluia. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Almighty God, merciful Father, since you have wakened from death the shepherd of your sheep, grant us your Holy Spirit, that when we hear the voice of our shepherd, we may know him who calls us each by name and follow where he leads. Through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. Peace and happy Mother's Day to all of you. Even the ones that aren't mothers, they came from mothers, right? Now, the first reading we're going to be looking at is in the book of Acts. It's going to be on chapter 20, verse 17 through 35. Also, you can be followed, if you'd like, on the Pew Bible. It's on 1729. From Miletus, Paul sent to Ephesus for the elders of the church. When they arrived, he said to them, You know how I lived the whole time. I was with you from the first day I came into the province of Asia. I served the Lord with great humility and with tears and in the midst of severe testing by the plots of my Jewish opponents. You know that I have not hesitated to preach anything that would be helpful to you, but have taught you publicly from house to house. I have declared to both Jews and Greeks that they must turn to God 
in repentance and have faith in our Lord Jesus. And now, compelled by the Spirit, I'm going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. I only know that in every city, the Holy Spirit warns me that prisons and hardships are facing me. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me. The task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. Now I know that none of you among whom I have gone about preaching the kingdom will ever see me again. Therefore, I declare to you today that I am innocent of the blood of any of you, for I have not hesitated to proclaim to you the whole will of God. Keep watch over ourselves and all the flocks of which the Holy Spirit has made you an overseer. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. I know that after I leave, savage wolves will come in among you and will not spare the flock. Even from your own number, men will arise and distort the truth in order to draw away disciples after them. So be on your guard. Remember that for three years, I've never stopped warning each of you night and day with tears. Now I commit to you, I commit to, you to God and to the word of his grace, which can build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. I have not coveted anyone's silver or gold or clothing. You yourselves know that these hands of mine have supplied my own needs and the needs of my companions. And everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak. Remembering the words Lord Jesus himself said, is more blessed to give than to receive. Please join me in the responsive reading found in your bulletin, uh, Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his namesake. Oh, I walk through the darkest valley. I fear no evil. You are with me, your rod and your staff. They comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint, you anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Next we go to the book of Revelations, and we will look at chapter 7, and we'll be reading verse 9 through 17.
found in your pew Bibles if you'd like to follow along on 1921, 1921. After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne, before the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. And they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. All the angels were standing around the throne, around the elders and the four living creatures. They fell down on their faces before the throne and worshiped God, saying, Amen, praise and glory and wisdom and thanks and honor and power and strength be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders asked me, these in white robes, who are they and where did they come from? I answered, sir, you know. And he said, these are they who have come out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the lamb. Therefore, they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will shelter them with his presence. Never again will they hunger, never again will they thirst. The sun will not beat down on them nor any scorching heat. For the lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them to springs of living water and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. This is the word of the Lord. Hallelujah, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Hallelujah. The Holy Gospel according to St. John. Glory to you, O Lord. Our gospel this morning does indeed come from St. John, from the 10th chapter, verses 22 through 30, and can be found on page 1667 of your pew Bible. John records, Then came the festival of dedication at Jerusalem, and it was winter, and Jesus was in the temple courts, walking in Solomon's colonnade. And the Jews were there, gathered around him, saying, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. And Jesus answered, I did tell you, but you did not believe. The works I do in my Father's name 
they testify about me. But you do not believe because you are not my sheep. My sheep listen to my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all, and no one can snatch them out of the Father's hand. I and the Father are one. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Well, how unlike me, your pastor made a boo-boo and left his uh, sermon down here. Sorry for the delay. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Uh, For centuries, centuries, people have tried to discredit the Bible. And at various times, this, this attempt to discredit God's word has been gone by an appeal, an appeal to science or an appeal to reason or an appeal to experience or even to emotion. The goal is to discredit, to squelch, to stop God's Word and the reading of it. People have appealed to methods that would be considered ridiculous under other circumstances. However, no other historical document has remotely had to endure the gauntlet, the scrutiny that the Bible has withstood Even archaeologists have tried to ridicule the Bible. One archaeologist in particular thought that the Hittites were a fabrication, that those people never existed. And then there was a dig that began turning up Hittite artifacts. Now, or most archaeologists in the Middle East say that they find everything right where the Bible tells them to look. Imagine that. Literature experts have dissected the literary style of the Bible. Have you ever heard of that? They will say that such and such a book has Well, it was obviously written by two or more authors because the literary style changes too much in that book. As though Isaiah or as though Daniel should write the same way in their youth as they do in their old age. Of course, 
if the writing is too consistent, then these experts will say that it is artificially produced because people are not so consistent throughout their lives. Then there is a phenomena known as the Jesus Seminar. The Jesus Seminar states that it is searching for the historic Jesus. They do this by trying to determine which biblical events actually happened and then state that the rest of the Bible was added or modified by later editors, those that were editing the Scripture. And they hope to deconstruct the Bible back to its historical roots. Of course, once it's back to its historical roots, for them, history does not have miracles or prophecy. These are the first things to go. Then there is the attack from those who are willing to admit that the Bible was a really good book for its time. These people state that the world has not, well, the world was not nearly as sophisticated as it is now. And the guidelines in the Bible are just fine and appropriate for the civilizations that have not entered into modern industrial age or the information-based economy. But more modern times, like right now, demand more modern guidelines. This attack wants to adjust the teachings of the Bible so that it is more in line with modern culture. And these people say that the Bible would be much different if it was written today. This is what the ELCA has done. And this is what they continue to do. There are dozens, if not hundreds, of other approaches that our modern culture uses in its attempt to discredit the Bible. So, am I concerned? <laughs> no. I am not concerned about the Bible. It has stood up through much worse. Consider this. When Jeremiah's scribe presented the first copy of the book of Jeremiah to the king, the king would read a little bit, or have it read to him actually, and then cut the scroll with a knife and throw it into a fire. Have you heard that? It's in Jeremiah chapter 36, 23. Unfortunately, the Holy Spirit inspired, inspired Jeremiah to redictate the book to his faithful scribe so that we can read it today. And then there's Manasseh and Ammon who did not maintain the temple while they were kings over Judah. And they actually lost the book of the law. And by God's providence, when Josiah became king, well, his men cleaned up the temple and they, they found it. In the time leading up to the 15th century, 
Rome had hidden God's word by translating it into a language that the common man could not read. And they also went so far as to make it illegal to possess any translation of the Bible. And moved by the Holy Spirit, Martin Luther translated it into German, and he paved the way for the modern idea that anyone can have his own copy of the Bible in his native language. Now, I've heard, been told, that Luther's criticism, one of many, of the Pope included his admonition that priests may as well be speaking in tongues when they preach the Word of God in Latin to a bunch of Germans. So in a way, we can receive a certain amount of comfort from the intense scrutiny that the Bible has received. The fact that the Bible survived indicates that the book has the kind of substance that you would expect from the inspired, infallible Word of God. Amen? Now, if people gave that kind of scrutiny to the Bible, you would think that other religious writings would come under similar scrutiny. But that's not the case. We have seen this in recent times. We have seen a renewed interest in the Gospels of Thomas or of Judas, or there was this thing called the Da Vinci Code or so forth. People are all excited about the family life of Jesus and Mary Magdalene and and their kids that don't exist. They are ready to believe that some Hollywood producer has discovered the bones of Jesus. They haven't, because they're not there. And almost any fly-by-night promoter can put together a slick piece of propaganda and put it on the History Channel or on YouTube, and our culture will embrace it almost immediately. Why? Why are people so skeptical when it comes to the Bible and yet so gullible when it comes to almost everything else? Jesus gives us the answer. He gave us the answer in today's Gospel. You see, Jesus was in the temple in Jerusalem celebrating Hanukkah when the Jewish leaders surrounded him and asked, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. Because they did not believe. They were not looking for affirmation that he was the Messiah. No, they weren't. They were looking for evidence that they could use against him in a court of law. And Jesus answered them. He said, I told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name bear witness about me. So in a nutshell, Jesus said that he would let his actions speak for him. You and I might say actions speak louder than words. Watch me. 
Jesus knew these leaders had him under constant surveillance. They had either seen or they had reliable eyewitness accounts of most of Jesus' ministry. What evidence did Jesus' ministry produce? Well, they knew. They knew the prophecies better than anyone. So a good question is, did Jesus' ministry fulfill the prophecies? Well, of course it did. Of course it did. The common members of society thought so. Who were they? Well, the blind, the deaf, the lame, even the lepers knew that Jesus was the anointed one, the Messiah, the Christ. They called him the son of David. They asked him for mercy. And despite this evidence, these Jewish leaders could not see it because they refused to believe. And the Jewish leaders had already made up their mind about Jesus, and no amount of evidence was going to convince them that they were wrong. Ever met anybody like that? Now, admitting you are wrong is a very hard thing to do. Can I get an amen? <laughs> it is for me. It was hard for the Jewish leaders, and it is hard for us. In fact, confessing our wrongdoing to an almighty God, holy God, it is impossible without the Holy Spirit's gift of faith. God gives all of his spiritual gifts through faith. And without faith, we receive no spiritual benefits. One more time, without faith, we receive no spiritual benefits. This is exactly what Jesus told these Jewish leaders as he continued to speak. He says, you do not believe because you are not part of my flock. People who resist, people who resist the Holy Spirit cannot truly understand God's word. They cannot believe that it is God's eternal truth. And therefore, they work very hard to discredit it. And the Jewish leaders worked to discredit it then, well, then even our culture works hard to discredit it now. And as the Holy Spirit inspired Paul to write in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18, the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing. Some translations, it's foolishness. It's a stumbling block to those that are perishing. Now, the ironic twist to the Jewish leader's stubbornness is this. It's that God used it to continue fulfilling the promises that he had made through his prophets. A few months after the events of today's gospel, these same Jewish leaders would seem to succeed. How? Well, they would convict Jesus in their own unjust trial and then use political pressure to force Pontius Pilate to crucify him. And as they followed through on their plan, they had no idea 
that they were causing him to fulfill the very prophecies that they had denied. You see how that works? Jesus transformed the results of their rebellious actions into a sacrifice on the cross that would redeem the whole world from sin. And as he suffered and died, he withstood the wrath of God against our sins. He earned our freedom from the condemnation of sin. He healed our relationship with God. He, the shepherd, became the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. In his triumph over sin, he did not remain in the grave, but he rose to live again. And with his resurrection, he opened the way through death into everlasting life. And he has promised to recreate us to live with him forever. And as the Holy Spirit works faith in our hearts, we become part of God's flock. And we receive all of God's gifts. And as Jesus said in today's gospel, my sheep, they hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And with the Holy Spirit's gift of faith in us, we get it. We believe. We get forgiveness, life, and salvation. Those are all ours now through faith. And today's gospel closes with a very, very powerful promise. Jesus said this, I give my sheep eternal life, and they will never perish. And no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all. And no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. And I and the Father are one. And with these words, Jesus promises us that our relationship with God is as solid as the very relationship between the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, the Holy Trinity. The world will continuously make every effort to discredit the Bible and so discredit Jesus. But, in the end, the world's efforts will only serve to validate the Bible's authority. Jesus promised this in Matthew 24, 35. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. In the name of Jesus, amen.
now confess together our faith to the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. 
I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. And on the third day he rose again, and he ascended into heaven, and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let us pray. Dear Lord, our almighty God and Father, we gather today to praise your holy name, to give thanks for all the blessings you have granted us, and to enjoy the comfort and friendship of our church family, all members of the body of Christ. We give thanks for all those individuals, wherever and whomever they may be, volunteers or paid professionals, who have heard your call to serve others and to place the welfare of others above themselves, just as your son Jesus did for all of us. We ask that you protect them from harm and prevent feelings of discouragement when the fruits of their service are not immediately known. Let us also be the instruments of encouragement in your name for those who sacrifice for us. We give thanks for all those who serve our church family both during the week and on Sunday to bring us spiritual refreshment through our service of worship, Christian instruction, and fellowship. We give thanks for all who work to keep us together and focused on you, Jesus, our Savior. On this special day, we give thanks and pray for our mothers and all those who have served and continue to serve in this capacity throughout our lives. We pray for the women who gave us a life to live, whether through childbirth, adoption, or as relatives or friends, and for those who took us in as their own, for those who sacrificed and continue to sacrifice much to protect and guide us, and for those who mend our wounds, boost our spirits, and teach us how to play nicely with others. We thank you, Jesus, who brought us to church to worship you and who continue to do so today. Lord, please bless these souls and give them the strength to carry on in their mission even when the tasks become very difficult and unappreciated by those whom they love. You already know their feelings since your earthly mother, Mary, experienced this firsthand during your time on earth. Holy Spirit, please strengthen the hearts of all the women serving in the role of mother around us and grant them the knowledge that they are serving you. We pray for our nation, our government leaders, and those who aspire to become leaders. We pray for honor, wisdom, integrity, and devotion to serving the people of our nation rather than themselves. Holy Father, we are becoming a godless nation much like the enemies of our country one that fears microscopic organisms, but has no fear of you. We either teach our children to only respect themselves and nothing and no one else, or we fail to teach them anything at all. 
The results are in the news every day. Lord, please guide us to turn from the foolish and destructive path we are on. We pray for comfort for those who have recently lost loved ones. Let us all help to reinforce the knowledge that the loved ones aren't lost at all, but rather they have been taken home to be with you, Father, in the presence of our Lord Jesus, and that we will be with them again when you call for us. We pray for the sick and those suffering, the oppressed, the lonely and distraught. Help us to be the instruments of your grace towards those in need. We pray for your peace for those who are in despair or angry about national and world events. We pray especially for our children and youth everywhere who see no hope for their future. They have been taught instant gratification, self-dependency, and self-centeredness. Help us, Holy Spirit, reach these young people and show them that they are not alone, that they are of great value to their Creator, our Lord, and that you always love them and that their future is hope-filled. We praise and thank you, Holy Spirit, for always being with and within us to keep us focused on our Savior Jesus and for reminding us that we are never alone and that we have great value in our Creator's eyes. Thank you most especially, Father, for the gift of your Son, our eternal Savior, Jesus Christ. Finally, we now share with you our personal prayers spoken aloud or kept deep in our hearts. Into your hands, Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. And now may the peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us share the peace. Will you pray with me? Blessed are you, O Lord our God, maker of all things. Through your goodness you have blessed us with these gifts. With them we offer ourselves to your service and dedicate our lives to the care and redemption that all that you have made. For the sake of him who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ our Lord, amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places offer thanks and praise to you, O Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and ever-living God. But chiefly, we are bound to praise you for the glorious resurrection of our Lord, for he is the true Passover lamb who gave himself to take away our sin, who by his death has destroyed death, and by his rising has brought us to eternal life. And so, with Mary Magdalene and Peter and all the witnesses of the resurrection, with earth and sea and all their creatures, and with angels and archangels, cherubim and seraphim, 
We praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, Lord God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took the bread and he gave thanks. And then he broke it, giving it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And again, after supper, Jesus took the cup, and he gave thanks. And then he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and drink. This is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. For we know that as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, that we proclaim Christ's death, his resurrection, and his glorious coming again. Let us now pray together the prayer that Jesus gave to us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. You may be seated. It is faith that allows you to believe in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. It is faith as a gift from the Holy Spirit that allows you to believe that this sacrament is more than just bread and wine, that it is the true blood and the true body of Christ that rescues us from some sin, death, and the devil. It is by faith that you are saved. The ushers will bring you up. Come, the table is prepared.
Still for the prayer. 
paid it all, all to him I owe. Today, 
as you go and celebrate in any which way that you celebrate this day. I pray that you find peace and that you find comfort and that you remember and rejoice in the very special women that God has brought into your life. Also, I did not mention earlier, but there are um, flowers and bulbs on the way out for the ladies, and so please take them. And now the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you his perfect peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Sing to the living God.